Hi, I'm Lauren Weymouth, your host of All About Blockchain, and we're excited to introduce you to Andre Salem, the founder CEO of Blockforce. Blockforce is a consulting group providing B2B SaaS models for companies toward blockchain adoption. I met Andre through his former technology professor, Eduardo Dinez from FGV. I've been working with FGV in San Paulo for almost four years now. They're doing some really cool things with blockchain crypto education, including running a student crypto datathon. Eduardo will also be making an audio appearance on the show to shed light on the importance of relationships between universities and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Andre and Eduardo. So starting with you, Andre, when did you get involved in blockchain and what were your early thoughts on this rising technology? Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to participate with Eduardo in this talk here. It's a kind of really significant moment for us. For me, blockchain starts when I work on IBM. I work on research lab area there and I developed some research and also some business solutions regarding blockchain technologies. I thought that blockchain could reach a more wider perspective, thinking about public blockchains and like social adoption of the technology. So Blockforce raised up on this context, looking for provide some blockchain solutions like as a service for social impact initiatives. And on my view, blockchain has a much to do with that, like to provide a new infrastructure for a more transparent and fair and trustable environment for business, for society, for any kind of transactions that depends on trust. So like the infrastructure to build the new society or at least the post-capitalism. And you founded Blockforce. So when did you found Blockforce? And tell us a little bit about your team. So in mid-2017, I left IBM. I started to develop some blockchain-related projects based on Blockforce team. I'm the solo founder. We had some advisors at, at this time but to raise up the company. But Blockforce was born to provide these social blockchain solutions. And now we have uh, 19 people on our team. From these four years of company history, we developed like 11 blockchain-related projects related for traceability, for digital assets, a lot of spheres. Since one year and a half ago, we figured out that beyond these whole projects we have developed, there was strong infrastructure that we are using to develop these same projects, just adding some really marginal stuff on top of it. We almost freeze out our consulting operation in order to provide these infrastructures as a service for the blockchain market. And especially for people who want to develop on blockchain without any kind of expertise on the team. So basically, the name of this product that we are running now on Blockforce is called Krypton. And Krypton is a like Web3 infrastructure to provide cryptocurrency as a service for any kind of company or project that would like to easily integrate blockchain in their solutions, empowering tech squads teams to develop blockchain without any kind of previous knowledge. So we are really focused on it. What was the problem that Cryptum set out to solve? Some of them, especially the barrier between the traditional Web2, special Web2 environment and the companies who has no expertise to develop technology and even more blockchain. So with one simple integration, we provide like a whole bunch of integrations to do the same functions. So once you connect through our SDK, you can reach XRP ledger, like frictionless. 
so you can develop an asset and create a wallet. A lot of fintechs are reaching us to understand how they can integrate crypto or crypto reality into their business. XRP has a lot of de demanded protocol on our basis because of that, because it's much related to fintech and banking. This kind of segment on the market is looking a lot of it. So we are really anxious to launch it live for public. You can develop everything you want. So a wallet, make a transaction, issue a token, issue an NFT, make some conversions and exchange, requesting balances. So. Every kind of transaction you do on the blockchain, you can do on the JavaScript connection to the SDK. The idea is to provide a more easily access for any kind of developer. And also inside of the product, we have other sub-products. They are related to the NFT market and also to e-commerce. So this one is the problem that the big crypto solution that's the SDK based uh, solves. That's the connection between App2 and App3 uh, migration, uh, providing a more easy and frictionless uh, uh, migration for these companies between these two worlds. And the second product that Krypton has is the NFT solution as a service, which solves the problem to people who want to develop or create some NFT artists and creators who has no technology skill. And through our dashboard, we provide a no-code solution to them to issue the tokens and to select how many, what's the metadata and whole stuff you need to them. And in the same dashboard, we also provide as a service creation for marketplaces. So once you have like OpenSea with all NFTs that has like a range of offers there, you can develop your own marketplace with Krypton with your own NFTs everything from the dashboard. So at this point of the product in the NFT as a service, the problem as we solve is to offer a no-code solution for people who are no developers. And the last one, which is related for plugins, the problem that we solve is to transform any kind of marketplace to offer them the possibility to receive cryptocurrencies. So installing and integrating the plugin any kind of merchant is able to receive crypto as a new font of revenue and also to issue NFTs, connecting them through the portfolio of products that they already offer to the marketplace. So you build a simple connection with the products that we already have with NFTs you issue on our dashboard. There are three different problems that we solve. That's why I take it a little bit to answer you, but they have the same fundamentals, I think, in my opinion. Right. And so for what I'm really hearing overall is that the Krypton product is offering end-to-end -end platform, right? That's yeah. lowering the barriers to people entering the market and allowing them to use blockchain technology, even if they don't really understand how it functions. They can use your services to get involved and take advantage of the benefits of using blockchain technology because you're providing like the back end. Okay, we'll turn to you, Eduardo. You are BlockForce's advisor. Tell us how you got involved. A couple of years after Andre finished the school, FGV was organizing a project together with IBM. And so Andre was there. And so we just reminded that I was his, his professor and I would start talking and everything. We start getting together just by chance in blockchain events. So then was the first one, then the second one, then the third one. So, well, so we are all interested in blockchain. So then we start talking about that. At the time, BlockForce wasn't this 
first, I think, months probably. And we started talking about how we create a company. He started telling me what was the ideas behind Blockforce. And he invited me to be the advisor for the company. And of course, it was my pleasure to join the team. And well, since then, we became close friends and we were all the time together discussing new ideas and everything. And so as far as your advising capacity, what kind of things do you advise Blackforce on? So actually, I'm a professor in a business school of courses related to technology in many different ways. As I'm very interested in blockchain. So I teach courses related to blockchain technologies to undergrad students, to graduate students, and also get involved in research projects. And one of those research projects was funded by blockchain research initiatives. We also started to develop a project in a, in a, in a poor community in Brazil where actually they already had there a local currency. And our idea is to provide a better infrastructure where they can uh, use their local currency, but in a crypto format. So that's the, the main idea. And then we also invited Andre to help us to develop this project in this community. And speaking about your classes, you give lectures on tech and social development, technology and sustainability. How do you incorporate your experience with former students running startups into your lectures? Well, so I'm a researcher on the field, so all the time dealing with real problems. So then I try to bring all those problems to the class to discuss with the students. Right now, today, I just finished the class early on, actually based on that. We are discussing a project that also Andrea is involved with, which is a crypto project to fund women in Brazil, women that works in agriculture. In the class today, we are discussing how this project was created and how blockchain could help these poor women in Brazil to get funded and to raise their crops and to put their, their products in the market. Yeah, so Andre is working on projects with your students. Is he also guest lecturing in your classes? Yeah, some of them, yeah. So every semester I have Andre or one of other collaborators from Blockforce to tell to my students, so how is the blockchain market, so what they can do there. It's interesting to have a former ex-student from FGV telling to the students now for what could be the future, for example. And they are always telling behind how to connect blockchain with social projects and sustainability and so on. Actually, Blockforce is always present in our classes. Okay, so we can hear how you and the university supports former student startups like Blockforce. How else would you say the university supports the blockchain ecosystem in Brazil at large? Oh, there are many ways. So actually, because we are in the business, we are more interested in understanding how we can integrate blockchain in business projects. So how can we understand not only the cryptocurrency market, which is something that students are very interested in, but also how we can implement other different ideas using blockchain in business, like tracking organics, for example. That's one thing that we always discuss. So how can we use blockchain to improve financial inclusion and other things like that? That's great to hear, Eduardo. Now back to you, Andre. You spoke earlier about social blockchain systems. Your LinkedIn profile says that you're focusing on accelerating social and systematic impact projects at scale. Can you 
expand on this for us? So we offer our technology as a part of company's core business related to social business enterprise. You know, so once some initiative wants to provide some systemic positive impact, we'd like to be partner and to reach the solution until we see some kind of impact. So this example, Eduardo gave us one project that's called Moeda Seeds, has a lot to do with that. To empower people through technology, this is one example. There's some others related to enterprise companies, as I said, like CNA, that's a company for fashion, right? And we are offering the traceability for the whole supply chain to them to reach from the client, from the old supply chain actors looking to the whole process to how to track this, the flow of, of information and how to measure impact. So there's a lot of applications that blockchain can enhance, as you know, the transparency and the immutability. So we try to enhance how the impact is done. But looking to the product side, we aim to offer a systemic impact through the scalability that the product can reach. So once we can offer more people more technology and more easy access through tech to SDKs and to develop blockchain easily, we think we can reach more people. The impact is through the blockchain infrastructure where you already have like systemic impact once we change the infrastructure model of transactions on society. So based on it, we already think we are providing impact looking at this point. But considering also the social point of everything, we will provide like a discount for each project that proves us through the form they will fulfill until reach the SaaS plan. And once the project proves us they are driven some social sustainability, we will offer special tiers because of it, because we like to promote it, you know. So this is the way we think about product scalability and product market fit through crypto, but continues looking to impact both systematic, both impact on environmental and social. And we hear that a lot amongst blockchain startups of looking towards how to scale. Once this goes mainstream, how do we scale up these projects, right? You know, we haven't talked on the show about what it means to issue security tokens or initial coin offerings, stable coins and tokens, and you issue digital currency and assets. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? You basically, we will look to our documentation. We provide our guides, but basically you need to send us a label of the token you want to create. You need to select the protocol. Based on XRP, there's also some little fields you need to input. So the name of the ticker, uh, the amount, you just send us a request based on these parameters and then we connect it through the XRP ledger native one and do like the breach directly for the wallet for the user, which can be created also with crypto from the protocol to the user. So this process is absolutely non-custodial. So us as a company don't hold any kind of private key. We offer the keys for the user. It's like an API call, a normal one that you do on our infrastructure and everything happens there. And how does the wallet component work? The component of the wallet? Yeah, like setting up a wallet. What does it mean to create a digital currency account or wallet? Okay, so to create an wallet, uh, you just need to, on our infrastructure, like once we are talking about Web3, there's no QIC needed to create some kind of wallet. You know, there's no process of 
know your client or know your customer that we need to do is just a call on the infrastructure to generate it. So it's like parameters to, to create it. There's no secret, you know? So, yes. Can you talk to us a little bit about how adoption is going in Brazil? We have, we have seen in the most recent times a really movement more strong here in Brazil. Talking about ecosystem, talking about companies that are looking to it. We are seeing a strong movement from migration web two for web three and looking to banks. So we are seeing a lot of fintechs wanting to add crypto into their portfolio of financial service. So there's a lot of big companies here doing that. Uh, we have a company which basically is born from text-driven system, 99Tax here on Brazil. That's the Brazilian name. They have also a wallet for payments. So it's a big company which has a big holding behind it. And they just add cryptocurrencies for users, adding a blockchain as a service uh, solution. So that's not their core, you know, the core is business is other thing, but it's a really mainstream application here in Brazil that a lot of users use it every day and they are offering blockchain, especially Bitcoin uh, through this interface. So it, it, it gives us a signal that the market, along with other companies, are moving to that. And especially regarding the investment uh, scenario, we are seeing that Brazilian funds and venture capitalists here are looking for companies much more than ever, which are positioned on this segment. Even though the projects, most of them are not ready, we are seeing that they are on the path to it. So I think there's a lot of signals here that it's coming much more stronger here. That's great. And is Blockforce global? Actually, we just did uh, one project globally that was based on the U.S. Crypto will be global. So you can pay with dollar, this, everything, website, and everything will be in English too. So, yeah. That's good to hear. Eduardo, how would you say fintech and blockchain is driving the economy around you? The cryptocurrency market, it's more mature in terms of blockchain. So you see a lot of companies involved with the cryptocurrency market in many different ways, from startups until the central bank in Brazil is also interested in promoting what we call here the Brazilian digital real, which is our currency. So the central bank is already investigating uh, ways to implement our central bank digital currency based on, on blockchain. Besides the cryptocurrency markets, you, you see lots of other companies interested in the tracking abilities of blockchain, big companies that are in, investing on blockchain to create tracking of products, especially companies with a long supply chain that they want to control better all the connections that the, the partners have. So the blockchain would be an option. And that, of course, is an opportunity for startup companies that work with blockchain to get involved with those projects. When big companies are creating projects using blockchain, many times they hire startup companies to get involved. So then it's, it's something that we see growing little by little in the country in many different types of companies or many different types of industries. I hear that. Okay, Andrew, we'll talk a little bit about the XRP Ledger grant that you won. Congrats, by the way, on winning the XRP Ledger grant. You've integrated a half dozen protocols. What has been your experience using the XRP Ledger comparatively? This was something really 
significant and relevant for us here, Lauren. Help us a lot to reach a more mature moment of the product now before we launch and before we do any kind of movement on the market. So XRP Ledger, in our view, was extremely great documented. It was really simple. It was a really great experience. Well, it is great to hear that integrating the XRP Ledger blockchain is seamless. It was a good experience for you. Talking about seamless, how easy, difficult is it for payment providers and banks to implement your technology? We are looking to offer something that are no difficult, like like the documentation for XRP. So you need to reach what we offer and to see what is the best products or sub products that we have. Like if they want to offer some cryptocurrencies and wallets and to offer that as a service, it's just to call the SDK. If the banks or the fintechs want to offer NFT, they can do by their own using the dashboard. So banks and fintechs can manage everything they do, the requests and the wallet creations and everything of feature I mentioned here to our dashboard. So they can monitor their, how many requests have been done and they, if the requests are successful or not and the amount of it and manage it, uh, look into the graphics we will offer. With Krypton also, you can invite people from our team, uh, considering you are admin from like a fintech or a bank, you can invite your people from your team, the operator or even a developer to look to the dashboard and manage how many requests have been done and everything that you want to see through the application that we offer. You know, so basically the SDK is the seamless integration, as you mentioned, and the dashboard is the panel to monitor and control it. It's like a banking as a service integration that we offer to banking. That makes sense. So what are next steps for you? Next steps is just to launch the product, right? <laughs> we are extremely focused on it, 100%. And we are also developing some use cases until we launch it, which has XRP uh, clients there. That's very great. So we are looking to launch the product with the, these beta clients or use case. So by the time we will have the product life absolutely testable and usable for everyone, we also have the proof of how they can help the application by itself. We are about one month and a half to launch it at the end of April. So I expect to come back here with you with some news and a really great stuff to show. All right. So quarter two launch. This is very exciting. And both of you, Eduardo or Andre, is there anything else that we didn't talk about today that you'd like to share with our listeners? We are also working on a project connecting basic income provided by city governments into local currency working with blockchain through cryptocurrencies, local cryptocurrencies that they can use. So this is a project that we are designing. So probably in the next few months, we're going to get more and more involved in that. I think this could have a huge impact, especially to the poor population, especially after the pandemics, where a lot of people in very uh, difficulties, uh, no, economic difficulties. So then uh, that's a way that we think that we can help those people to recover themselves in an economic sense. So this is something that we're working for the future. Now. Well, that does sound like a blockchain for good project. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, along the lines of financial inclusion and helping the underbanked. Yes, exactly. Take more ownership over their finances. Nantre, are you... Hiring, like, do you look to FGV to hire new talent as you scale up? 
Yes, for sure. There's a lot of talent people there, talent students. We have one of them with us now, and we are looking for more. Also, you'll be hosting a physical local meetup in San Paulo coming up in April and May. So that's a great way to go check out use cases in action and see Andre's launch. This was really fun having a professor and a former student turned entrepreneur on the show. I mean, you've got a lot of big things coming up in the next month with your launch, and we wish you all the best. Listeners, thank you for giving us your time today and continuous feedback to ubery at ripple.com. If you have any questions about this episode or next or feedback for further episodes, please reach out. Until next time. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Laura and everyone. Listen to us.